Hey guys, welcome to our Friday episode talking about Laura's topic, which was... We are talking about ethics a little bit, guys, in relationship and when to, you know, make sure we're not crossing those boundaries. Um, that would make a lot more surprised. sense once we're talking about it. Yeah. Yep. So we're going to go ahead and just dive into it. Um, it's definitely a good refresher one. So stay, well, stay listening. You're listening to the PT Assistance Podcast with your hosts, Ken and Laura. Thanks for joining for another exciting episode. All right, guys, again, we're back at it. Thanks again for being patient. Like we said, um, we do try to put our our health first now, and sometimes that means a migraine or um, some other stuff might just stop uh, stop us from recording as planned, and so that's kind of what happened, and Ken was gracious enough uh, to stick with <laughs> with me during we, my migraine. We made it work. Yeah, we made it work, and so we really appreciate you guys understanding that. But we are back at it, and we are talking again about that ethics. It's it's ethical to talk about ethics, isn't it? <laughs> I don't I don't know if it's I don't know that that's that's quite the question. I don't Sounds, really I don't think that even has an answer. I don't know. It just sounded weird. It's ethical to talk about now. I don't, I don't think that works. I don't I don't think it does either. But I was trying to make it work. I had already committed to it before I could take it back. So today, like we talked about in the intro, we are going to be discussing more uh, putting yourself in the proper ethical situations in a way. So I was reading an article um, out of the APTA journal, or magazine. Is it technically a journal? Magazine. Magazine. It's a magazine. Double check. It's a magazine. Um, About you know, where a student had put himself in a situation that was maybe a little too close for comfort and uh, patients start getting a little too close for comfort. And so I don't, I'm not going to go into the full story again. If you want to read it is in the most recent one. Yeah. The August one. So um, it's in the August magazine that just came out and it's online too, but it did raise the question of like, okay, how can you keep yourself safe and the patient safe while also keeping those boundaries? And one of the things I didn't think about that this article brought up was social media and boundaries. You know, we hear a lot of about the times of like, oh, you know, if you're going into a room, you're working with a female patient, you're a male, you know, don't shut the door fully. Or if you do need that privacy, bring another female in with you or another coworker in and, you know, really make sure that you walk them through what you're doing and vice versa. Or, you know, just in general, don't put yourself in yeah, that I position like that someone can accuse you of something, right? We talk I about feel that like the all biggest the time. thing we do. And I think the biggest and the easiest way to put that is just communication, right? Mm-hmm. So just talking to the patient, like you said, let them know what you're doing and just say like if you ever feel like i'm in your personal space let me know because there are times if you work on low back if you're working on sciatica if you start hitting the piriformis a lot of that just comes down to communication let them know like hey this is i'm working on the glue i'm gonna work on the side of the hip if you ever feel like you're i'm in your personal space let me know and the thing is and i feel like it's just from experience most of the time they won't even tell you at that moment Mm -mm. that they are uncomfortable They'll usually either bring it up to another therapist or they might just leave it alone and then it just comes back like a couple months later. Yeah. So it's just and one of those try things. To say, yeah. If I if if anything makes you feel uncomfortable, please let me know that that you shouldn't be feeling that at all. 
And so I'm like, if, it, if you do, let me know and we can always change maybe the way we do the treatment or hold off on that altogether if that makes you feel uncomfortable. Because you do have to, you know, there are things that get a little like, let's just be honest, adductors. When you're working adductors, a lot of times it's high. And so it can be uncomfortable in certain regions. And if you, I even do like if you're working over clothes, I'll even add a towel on top of certain areas, like do a double layer in a way <laughs> to make it very clear or like cover one area. Like if it's a little more of the, you know, closer to the private regions, you know, even though they're still fully clothed, like they're fully clothed still, I will still take a towel and kind of cover that region, like that whole other half, um, just to kind of show the patient, like that's not where I'm trying to head. You know, this is kind of line boundary and that kind of stuff. It's a visual cue in a way of showing like, hey, this this is a no go. Trying to like, respect, yeah. There. Yes, exactly. Like the, I'm trying to respect the boundary here. So just so you know, yeah. this, is, this is it. But I think that's really common when we think a lot of times relationships with patients um, and keeping yourself safe and ethics in that aspect. But what I said about this, what I liked about reading about this article is, like I said, is they brought up social media. And social media is starting to play a big role in today's society. And so there's a lot of people who come on and they'll put something on and or they might want to tag you in something, which, you know, as long as you get permission from work and they're fine with it. Some, you know, places love when their their patients promote their business and tag them on Instagram and show what they're doing inside. As long as there's no other patients, that's fine. But there is a line that you have to be careful of is, you know, you still have to have that work boundary relationship, even if you're starting to be tagged on social media with them. You get a little close. We see them all the time. You start to ask them about their day. You start to know about their lives. And so it's really easy to start to feel a little too comfortable with them. And I've fallen in the trap where I'm like, I'm kind of like, oh yeah, you're, you're still a patient type thing. You're not, you're not my friend. <laughs> no offense. Like I wouldn't mind hanging out with you and we probably get along real good. But I do have to respect that, you know, this is still a working relationship. And um, one of the things I thought was very interesting in the article, and I might throw a question at you, Ken. You ready for it? Go for it. Which, like, where in your career, so as a PTA or PT, they did it, it, it was a research that they did, um, where do you think in your career you are most vulnerable to overstep this boundary? Um, would you say early, I would mid, say late. probably late. I, f- I think it would be late just because I feel like early on, maybe you're just on edge on everything. And then as you just kind of get a routine, you start getting comfortable. And it's like, oh, yeah, I've done this before. Like, here you go. And start doing what you're doing without really thinking about it twice. Mm-hmm is my reasoning for picking late see i thought the same thing it's actually like, early oh, this is for sure it's actually I- early on in your career as a student in the first couple years out of your career you are more likely to let that boundary cross because the of other the way that- i would have thought early also makes sense is that you just don't know how to respect those boundaries just yet you haven't in, in put the, in situations where patients are uncomfortable and like you had those talks already. So you kind of just go into a kind of gung ho ish. Yeah. And it's the other it's, side of the coin. Well, and the thing too is when you're early on, if you start to feel like you're getting into that, like, ooh, I think this patient's, you know, 
taking it a little too far. Or they're getting a little, and because sometimes it's not you. Sometimes it's the patient who oversteps that boundary too. They share way too much information. You know, they really think you're your best friend. And, you know, they they overstep because it's it's a relationship both ways. It's a respectful. They need to respect that you are also a clinician, you're a therapist, you're licensed, and that there are boundaries that they should also keep. You're not their personal best friend to tell everything to. Um, if it's not related to it, it, I don't. I've had patients literally tell me about their sex life and you got to pivot because that's a boundary I don't want to go into. But as a new grad, you're not usually as efficient or you don't know how to handle those situations. So you kind of let it go and go and you just kind of like ignore it sometimes. And the patients don't get cues of like, hey, I'm not talking about it or, you know, I'm not bringing it up. But, you know, I'm not telling you to stop that conversation either. So the patient thinks it's fine and they continue and they continue. And then that's why they say new grads are more likely to overstep that boundary or have difficulty with that boundary because they don't know how to prevent it to getting to that point, if that makes sense. It does. Which I was like, so true. I think it's just, as a new grad, yeah, you just don't know how to, like, I don't know, I feel like it might be just the fear of, like, the job, make sure the patient feels comfortable with you, and you just kind of let the conversation flow and not nip it right in the bud when you can. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that goes across, like, any of those sensitive topics. Yeah. So it's like politics and religion, things like that. Like sometimes you kind of just let patients kind of just speak their words just because you want to just let it go. But I think it's it's definitely a skill you learn down the road on how to manage those conversations a lot more effectively. Yeah, exactly. And, it, you know, there is you don't want to be rude. And that's the hardest thing is and that's where early on in your career, it could be a slippery slope to kind of get into because again, you don't mean to, but you're kind of already there by the time you can sometimes notice it. Where when you've been in working in the field for much longer, you've seen a lot, you've dealt with a lot more usually at this point, you can catch it a little earlier on. You can see like, oh, nope, this conversation is going to take a turn I don't want to be part of. So I'm going to see my way out. Yeah. <laughs> see you later. Or pivot that conversation because a lot of times if you pivot it and you they're in like mid kind of conversation, you take something that they say and you just pivot the whole conversation to like another topic. Honestly, most of the time patients get the cue from that. Now, there's times where I'm like, mm, you know, that's something I'm not allowed to discuss. Um, and, you know, that's an inappropriate conversation. I've had to say that to patients before. Um, it's awkward, but a lot of times you're just like, hey, you know, out of respect, you know, I have to be careful with my license and this is kind of a slippery slope to go down. And a lot of times patients will understand there are going to be some who get butt hurt and might be embarrassed is usually the issue. And so that can, you know, stop them com- from coming into treatment. And there's just nothing you can do about that at that point. Because, again, it's your license. And if it goes down farther and some complaints made, it's you, your career on the line. It's not their treatment on the line. It's your career. So you do have to put yourself first. But do you feel like this is an effective way of handling the situation? You are with the patient, you're treating them. It does cross some boundaries you're not okay with. You kind of like let it go, don't really say anything. And then you bring it up to your PT and then you do more of the, I'm not going to treat that patient anymore. 
do you feel like that's an effective method to handle that situation or Um, should you have confronted the patient and let them know so it depends on the situation you're in um i've told this story before maybe a couple times here and there but i was in a situation where i had a patient really start to say very very inappropriate things and i tried all my pivots and da 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 and the the gentleman was just not getting it versus confronting him because again the patient started in his tone getting more aggressive and i was more concerned because i was in a, a treatment room with him luckily again big rule thumb guys always keep yourself between the patient and the door you can get out easier that way so i was a i wrapped up the treatment, uh, got out, uh, walked right into my PT and told him what happened and said, I, I was the one who's like, I refuse to treat this patient anymore. Um, I was like, I won't. And my PT, luckily I, I will tell you this about our, you know, my old boss, your boss, he is great on protecting his, his workers. Man is great. He, if you feel uncomfortable with anything, he, he will make sure that you feel comfortable and whether that means he's had to kick some people out because they were inappropriate to hey are you okay if we still treat him however you know we will just you'll never be in the same room with him or da 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 and I'm, I was fine with that it's like as long as I don't got talk to him or treat with him and you you know our females like he went around asked the rest of our females if they had any issues and they're like no he's weird but He's never said anything to me. And he goes, okay, well, we're just done throwing any females with him. He, it was, he became a male patient only male setup, male, everything. Like we weren't putting anybody in that position and he's great on that. And I'm very fortunate because again, some aren't, and it's, it sucks that we're in a field that, that some aren't, but I would say it's getting better. But at the time I felt like if I confronted him, it would make the situation worse. So I went to my PT instead. Um, I went to my higher up. And it wasn't even because he's my PT. It's because he was also my clinical director. He was overseeing our not clinical director. Yeah, clinical director. He was our clinical director. He oversaw that whole entire clinic. Now, if um, it was just a PT and I needed someone who was like overseeing that whole clinic, I'm I'm bringing I'm going all the way up. I'm going to the top of whoever I need to talk to if something like that's putting me in jeopardy. And we have to speak up about things like that, too. So, well, I knew that story. That's why I wanted to ask. Yeah. Yeah. You were, you were, uh, and I will tell you, like, I've, I've had some uncomfortable things say, but that one physically got me sick to my stomach and very angry, um, very emotional because they were just so inappropriate comments. And I've never been spoken to that like that in my life. And I'm grateful to say I've never been spoken that way, uh, since, um, made me feel so uncomfortable. Um, and again, I didn't mind that he was still going there. I just never, he just never got worked on by any female ever again at our clinic at the time I was there at least. So, um, which my PT was like, man, I don't want to work with him. And I was like, sorry. (laughs) Sacrifices had to be made. Yeah. And there's definitely, I think some cognitive stuff going in. This guy was clearly homeless. He was, he, uh, honestly always smelled like pee coming in. There's just some, definitely some, some other stuff going there. Um, but that doesn't excuse his behavior and you having to put up with it. Well, so, so let, me, let me give you another scenario, uh, which has happened before for me working with a female clinical director and female PTs never really saw it as a problem, but recently has happened 
which has been turned immediately into a red flag. Like he would not allow it. So we had a patient, car accident, younger male, let's say maybe mid to late twenties. Um, one of our PTs was doing the evaluation. He's like, I'm gonna have you set up, uh, stand up. I'm gonna take a look at the spine and your paraspinals. So I'm gonna just press it on the back. Let me know if anything gets tender. Mm-hmm. So he starts working on like thoracic, goes towards lumbar, goes towards pelvic, and he jumps and kind of has like a little moment saying like, hold on, like I'm not like that. Like I'm super uncomfortable. He's like, don't you guys have any females that work here? Like I'm not, I'm not okay being touched by a guy. Mm-hmm. So it kind of became a, a whole ordeal, and PT informed him like. No, like all our clinicians at this time are all males. Uh, if you don't want males touching you, that's completely fine. We can do heat tens, and then we can focus on more exercise-based rehab. Yeah, provide him and an yeah, so give him a, give him an option. So once my other PT found out about that, he said that's an immediate red flag, and he would never allow a female to treat a male that doesn't want to be touched by other males. I have worked with a female PT in the past and this same scenario has occurred where the patient is not okay with another male working on them. Mm-hmm. So then that scenario, they only had female PTs, female PTAs work with them. Now things never got weird that to my knowledge, but that patient just was not okay with males touching them. So to you, do you feel like this is a red flag would you not be okay treating this patient with never seeing them? They just tell you like, hey, this is a female only, but it's a male. Like, does that bring up any questions for you? It's weird sometimes, but at the same time, I look, unfortunately, at our history of just things that can make guys uncomfortable. And that's one of them. Um, it could be in the same way of like you look at um, certain cultures do not like to have males work on females because, again, that that kind of culture wise is going too far. Um, so I kind of look at it as the same situation in a way. That's just where their comfortable level is. Um, doesn't necessarily mean it's a red flag. Now, am I going to be aware of that a little bit more? I think I'd be more worried if he didn't want to do any treatment with any male and he only wanted a female for all treatment, whether it's hands on or hands off. I think I'd be more concerned and more wearisome of like, okay, Nah, this is this is weird. That's weird. But if they're okay, if a female works with them manually and then, you know, male sets them up or, you know, a male does their exercises, then I can understand that. And I'm going to put myself again in this position where not by myself, probably you no know, door open a little bit more than not, um, which they need to be okay with. And then again, I would have to feel comfortable enough. And if I got any weird vibes, I'm out. <laughs> but I wouldn't say it's a hardcore red flag as I think it's perceived with caution. I've worked with many of male patients who I work in the lumbar glute regions. And if I wasn't working on them, because at the time I was the only clinician that was female at our place, if I wasn't working on them, they would skip manual. So it wasn't like, oh, they didn't want to come in, but they were just uncomfortable with a guy touching them. And they told me that they're like, I just get weirded out by it. And they're like, it's not anything like mean. It's just like, for me, they're like, I just get really uncomfortable and I can't actually relax. And so I don't find it beneficial. In fact, I find that starts to bother me more. And it's like, okay, well, you know, that's fine if that's your preference. Like, I can't guarantee that every single time I'm going to be able to see you because that's just how it worked in our schedule. And he's like, that's cool. And so, so to me, it's not always a red flag. Um, 
again, definitely if they're really willing to work with other ones, it's just that manual just weirds them out. So, but again, where you said like big communication of like, hey, it's going to get a little low. Your spine goes all the way down to your butt pretty much. Um, Are you okay with that? You know, but it's hard to know who's going to be bothered by that until you kind of hit that point, if that makes sense. True. I think that's why I also like, just let them know, like at any point, do you feel like if I'm crossing into your personal space, like, let me know. But like you said, there are muscles and areas that we are trying to hit that might cross those points where maybe you thought you were comfortable and now all of a sudden now you're not. So letting them know that it's okay to always communicate what they're feeling try not to feel bad because i do feel like they'll get embarrassed if they do speak up Mm -hmm. sometimes they won't and for us unfortunately i feel like we know and this happened i think within the past year uh several pts that we've not me personally but they've worked with in the past my pts and other colleagues where they recently got hit with um sexual harassment lawsuits Mm -hmm. and for those cases they weren't brought to their attention until months after the treatment was over so sometimes patients don't always speak up at that moment it always comes down the road and then once one comes out now it's a couple stories are now collaborating that to get this also happened to me too and like laura said like something you should leave the door open there's always if there's any point where you're treating someone and those sensitive areas having someone of the opposite sex or the same gender for the patient is something that might help avoid these situations but i feel like a lot of it comes down to communication letting the patient talk to you talking to them make sure they're comfortable and Mm -hmm. give yourself the best possible outlook to make sure that everybody's safe and things will be fine yeah it's it's about putting yourself and also the patient's to your guys's relationship keeping it at work and again as we kind of touch back on the social media you have to find that fine line you know it is technically unethical to become have a close friendship or relationship with a patient while you're treating them now the rule of thumb is you know afterwards once they're discharged that kind of stuff you know if you guys continue to stay in touch that's that's different that's that's now separate from work Um, But again, if now they come back and they get seen again, you have to remember that maybe it's inappropriate for you to actually work with them since you have a friendship now. It's like treating a family member. You don't want to see as giving priority or, you know, preferred treatment to them because of that. So keep yourself safe. Keep the patient safe. When in doubt, if you feel uncomfortable, go speak to someone. Speak to someone higher up. Speak to other coworkers see if they're having same issues or if they get the same vibe. If not, maybe try swapping with someone. There's been ones that I'm like, hey, this one's kind of, you know, they're being weird with you. And they're like, no. And I'm like, okay, we'll just swap type thing. Um, so there, you know, there is ways to get around it without having to fully go complain or put them in their, their place if, you know, you don't need to, because again, you don't want to embarrass them either. And sometimes they just don't know they've crossed that line because we didn't. Sometimes it's hard for us to set those boundaries. So it's a little bit of both. Responsibility on both ends. 
Well, with that said, I think we'll wrap this episode up. So thank you so much for listening. Make sure to follow us on our Instagram. Check out the YouTube. Check us back out on next week, Tuesday. We're going to be talking about uh, the difference between treating athletes and general population, which has come up just recently for me. So we're going to have a little bit of story time and the applications for it. So don't forget to tune into that episode and we'll see you guys next week. All right. Bye, guys. The information in this video or podcast is not intended nor implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. All content, including text, graphics, images, and information contained in this video or podcast is for general information purposes only and does not replace your professors or a consultation from your own doctor or healthcare professional.